You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we welcome you back in to the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Today's Monday episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code Locked On. you'll get 20% off your next order. Extra savings this week at BuiltBar.com. I guess that's because they feel bad for Syracuse fans, maybe, after yeah. whatever that was we Oof. just watched. I, I don't even questions. know where to start. It's, it's, it's we may not have answers to all, but a lot of questions. Gosh, uh, we'll get into this DeVito quarterback conversation, but off the bat, I mean, outside of the obvious, when does basketball season start? Was that the worst loss in the Dino era? I know yes. you tweeted something. I so tweeted that, yes. Lay your, lay your case you want me out. to? Yeah, so it, there's kind of steps to this, all right? Each step gets progressively worse, all right? First of all, the team you were playing was 0-4 and, and was spiraling. All right, this was not a good Duke team that you lost to, okay? So there, there's step one, all right? Step two, you had a bye week to prepare for a bad Duke team. Step three, you outperformed your opponent in the turnover department. Four to nothing. Not, That's you didn't just, the boggling part. You didn't just part. even... How? You didn't just get four more turnovers than them. It was four nothing in that yeah. department. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like that before. And not just that, you scored 21 points and... The cherry on top, you lose by two touchdowns at home. I mean, h- how does so that happen? Bad. Okay, like I get that there was a quarterback injury, but by the time DeVito w- was out of this game, it, it kind of felt over. And and I will say this, that was the best performance DeVito's had this year. Now, I think his stats are a little padded because of the, the two big plays that accounted for sure. a, about half of his yardage. And the other eleven but passes that he aside, completed, I but agree like with you. there were a lot of drops in that game too. I mean, this was a complete. There was zero synchronization in this game that Syracuse played. I mean, the the wide receivers could not catch the ball. the The quarterback was making some throws, but then there were drops, and then sometimes the quarterback's not making throws, and the receiver gets open, and it's just it was a giant mess. There was so much stuff that went wrong in this game. How about the fact that you just didn't feed your running backs either? I mean, you have two running well, backs tried on the other a side. Bit. Yeah, they they tried a little bit. And I think the key word there is a little bit. You had two running backs on the other team who had the same amount or more carries than you had as a collective team. Jackson had 30. Durant had 23. You made two pretty unspectacular backs look like Jim Brown and Floyd Little coming out of the back. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing about this game is, I mean, we're going to be talking about this all week on the podcast. We're here with you every single weekday, and there's a lot of things to break down. We will get into DeVito today because I think that's the biggest takeaway, but this game was lost in the trenches. They got manhandled, manhandled in the trenches by an 0-4 Duke team off a bye week, and for anyone that wants to throw out the defense was tired excuse which i get i mean later in the game they ran like a hundred flipping plays on us like i I totally understand that but in the first quarter they're not tired off a bye week especially they should be ready to go they seemed like active it was just the fact that they couldn't make tackles it wasn't like they were gassed out there first quarter duke puts up 175 rushing yards on you And that was supposed to be where you had the advantage in this game, defensively against a bad Duke offense. And let's call it like it was, 
Dino got out coached in this game. Oh Cutcliffe yes, came out. Oh, one thousand percent, yes. Like this, this to me was the first time, and I know we joked about is this the worst loss in the Dino era? There's been some bad ones, unfortunately. I mean, the BC one last year definitely. I mean, the fell. Pitt one this year, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, no, it, it definitely is is probably the the tippy top though for me. Even though I mean, I was at the BC game last year in the dome and. I, oh god, it was so bad to watch that team try because that one was really tough because BC didn't even have their starting quarterback. They have a backup, and he threw like eight times, and they just could not stop him. And obviously, that led to Brian Ward being fired and everything. This one's tough because you tack on the Devito injury, and as I think I saw in Syracuse.com, it, it felt like a funeral that we oh, watched the yes. end of the 2020 season. I mean, now you're looking at liberty and your three-point dogs as of yeah how about this that your, Sunday night. your quote-unquote yeah. gimme on the schedule that we were all chalking up as a, a two-foot putt is now all of a sudden uh you're, you're chipping from the fringe and that's no easy thing unless you're tim leonard so the thing that that just bothered me from this game okay like yes dino got out coached but i also think cutcliffe is the better coach per se now here here's the thing that that really just and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but sets me off about this loss is that it just didn't even seem like this team wanted it. I mean, you it looked like when your receivers run routes. Think about a Madden game, Tim. Okay, you throw a route down. The receivers field. were so bad. Yes, dude. it, it was you, as bad as I've ever seen receivers play in, yeah. in any game at any level, honestly. But you throw a pass downfield, it drops incomplete. They were robots going back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was like you know how. Right after you throw an incomplete pass in Madden, all right? And then it's just the little computerized dude just on his merry way back to the line of scrimmage. No emotion, no yeah. nothing. That's what this team was. Aside from the time when Taj Harris, he, he actually caught this ball, but he caught it a little short of the sticks on third down and then just starts pounding the turf out of frustration. Yeah. I want right. to see a little bit more animation. And I'm not saying in a negative way, like that, oh, DeVito overthrew me, or, or Rex Culpepper overthrew me, or underthrew me, and I'm pissed off and, and letting my quarterback know about it. I want to see like a little more pep in the step back to the line of scrimmage, because this team was just dead, flat. It, it was embarrassing out there, what they were doing. And I don't know about you, but it, it, like even though that there is a bowl game, it seems like there's going to be a bowl game for everyone this year. I don't even know if I want to watch that. Like, no. <laughs> did you deserve, what have you done this year to deserve a game like that yeah is it too late to cancel the liberty game like seriously i, I don't <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna like give up on this team but i'm sure i speak for a lot of the fan base right now like it is just a tough tough product to watch right now and getting back to how cutcliffe out out coached dino i firmly believe that because he came in with a game plan that was very simple it was we're going to take our six or we're going to put six or seven linemen. We're going to stack our tight ends right up there, go jumbo set. And we're going to see what this three, 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 five defense has specifically the defensive line. And they got to the second level. And not only that, they were able to chew so much clock and keep the defense out there constantly that, you know, Syracuse doesn't have anything on offense. So the defense is always out on the field and they got tired and they wore them down, even though it wasn't, a physical back like we talked about they kind of had sort of a lightning thunder combo going but jackson was the main guy who's a slender back he still just tired out that defense by the third and fourth quarter and also like i said the first quarter 
I mean, they weren't tired in that quarter, and they still got to the second level at will. So credit Cutcliffe, because he noticed that there was a flaw in the 3-3-5, what we've talked about, that you can get past this defensive line. They've been struggling this season, and they go out and put up 645 yards. It's the most that David Cutcliffe has had at Duke against an ACC opponent. And he's been at Duke for a while. 645 yards of total offense. And what was really humiliating was when they, I don't know if it was because of injury or what, but Chase Bryce comes out of the game. It seemed like maybe they kind of benched him for I think there was one portion where he was benched, or maybe there was a certain package that Cutcliffe wanted to run. But there was another time where he got lit up pretty hard on a fumble. It was right after the Jonas play. And Jonas struggled in this i know he made that nice play but we can get into the defense i'm sure later on in the week sticking with kind of what duke's game plan was gunner holmberg comes in for one series and that's when it really hit me like we have serious problems because that dude never even thought about throwing and they were still moving the ball i think he ended up fumbling and then they went back to bryce but they got the ball into syracuse territory with this like unheralded quarterback. I mean, it's basically like having Rex Culpepper back there because he's not a threat to throw the ball. And they're just running like read options and getting to the second level against our defense, which is supposed to be the strength of our team. You want to know the, here are the two most telling stats of the game, all wrapped into one for you right here, right? Time of possession, 39-43 for Duke, 2017 for Syracuse. Almost two thirds of the game, the Duke Blue Devils had the ball. Now, That's part of why this defense struggles, because guess what? The best defense is not being on the field, okay? You can't let up points unless there's a pick six or whatever, but you can't let up point. Your defense cannot allow points when they're not on the field. When you're out on the field for almost 40 minutes of game time, yeah, guess what? You are going to get run on for, um, what was the final? You are going to get run on for over 350 yards in the game, okay? So So, bad. And then the second stat that's really telling, and what contributes to that 39-43, Third down conversions. You ready for this number? 12 of 17. 12 of oh 17. Gosh. I mean, in Syracuse well, on the other One side. for 30? 2 of 12. So you took Jeez. as many third downs as they converted. And that's not going to win you football games. And you know what should win you football games? Winning the turnover battle for nothing. All right? But yeah. it, it was just super frustrating from, from the get-go. And, and really, I mean, DeVito played his best game of the year. And I, I felt bad for him. And I, I haven't I said that too. very much yeah. about him because I feel like he has not exhibited the qualities of a leader that you'd want to see out of the quarterback position so far this season. And this was the first time where I was like, all right, he's hitting dudes on the hands. I mean, like Courtney Jackson, what has he done to deserve snaps out there? Like, seriously, that yeah. you don't have other options out there. He dropped, I think, two or three passes in a row. And... Those are things, the little things, and and some of them are on third downs too, or they can make you at third and short as opposed to these third and longs that you're faced with every single time it feels like in this offense. So that's the thing that I'm looking for that needs to be sharpened up is, all right, everyone's got to be on the same page. And part of that might be everyone's got to rally around the quarterback. And I know there was the kind of influx of, okay, is Rex going to have some packages? Is there an actual quarterback controversy? Rex versus DeVito. I don't know if that's necessarily solved now because I don't know about you, but the stuff that I've seen out of Rex Culpepper's hand doesn't look too inspiring if I'm a quarterback and if I'm a fan of this team um, and if I'm a receiver on this team, I don't think that arm can move this offense. 
Perhaps you need a little bit of a pick-me-up after that Syracuse game. I know I do. You can go to BuiltBar.com to get that pick-me-up. They've got the most delicious protein bars on the market. And if you go today, on Monday, you can also support Breast Cancer Awareness. Built Bar running an awesome deal. They partner with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, and Living Beyond Breast Cancer. They will match your donation to any of those organizations I just mentioned for up to $50 per order. And they're also offering limited time, just for breast cancer awareness, a strawberry flavor, which I hear is honestly amazing. And strawberry is one of my favorite flavors for anything. So maybe I will have to do this. If you go today, you will get 12% off your order through October 12th at BuiltBar.com. 100% of the proceeds from the Built Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie will go to these organizations that I mentioned to help support breast cancer patients and their families. You can get a great treat and also support a great cause in breast cancer awareness. Go to BuiltBar.com today and get 20% off your next order by using our promo code LOCKEDON. The sad thing is the quarterback controversy is now Rex or Freshman. It's almost... Is it amplified? Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. I I I feel like it is, yeah. Are more fed up, yeah. So, here's the thing. DeVito, I've been hard on him at times. I mean, we've we both been hard on him. And a lot of times when you watch back the film, he looks rattled in the pocket. And you can clearly point to a couple plays where it's like, oh, no, like this is not a four-star level quarterback. He has not developed. It's concerning. You watch back the film in this game, he was actually pretty good. And some people might find that hard to believe, but... You start out with the first series. That throw he made to Taj Harris was well, just Did you hear David incredible. Cutcliffe at, at yeah. halftime? He said, I've never seen a throw like that. That guy's coached the Manning brothers, uh, Daniel Jones, and say, save your jokes for Daniel Jones, but he's a top 10 drafted quarterback in the NFL. I mean, this guy's a quarterback whisperer, okay? He's coached right. the Manning brothers, and he says he's never seen a throw like that before. That was an unbelievable the, throw. Right, that's what makes DeVito so frustrating. It was kind of like a whole synopsis of his career at Syracuse. You start out great, that perfect throw. There's all the potential on full display. And then the situation around him is just so, so brutal. I mean, when you tack on all those drops from the wide receivers and the uninspiring play calling on top of the offensive line gets smoked once again in this game. And we talk about how Duke dominated the trenches on the other side of the ball. They manhandled the Syracuse offensive line. That was a huge worry going in. I think it was six total sacks. Not all of them were on DeVito. I think at least one was on Rex Culpepper. And sure, maybe DeVito held on to the ball a couple times too long, but you just feel bad for him. Like, he keeps getting hurt back there. And I know a lot of people are talking about how it's just a terrible situation to put a freshman in, and I do kind of get that. I don't know what's next for Tommy DeVito, though. Like, Like, to me... If I was his friend and he came to me and was like, should I stay at Syracuse? And I was totally unbiased. I feel like you kind of have to tell him to transfer at this point. And and I, I really hate that I'm saying that, but like the situation around him is so, so bad. And I don't know when it gets better. I mean, they've got to make some changes and start to try and figure out this offensive line. I know it's partially injuries, but it's just inexcusable at this point. And all indications right now are that he's probably done for the year. I mean, that the injury looked bad. Right. I'm not going to say it was 
the Dak Prescott level bad that we saw on Sunday, but it, it didn't look very good. You saw him hobbled off. He had the boot on on the sideline, and Dino didn't seem optimistic. And usually, when there are any type of injuries, your yeah. your coach is not going to say anything post game about. He, he's just going to play play ignorant, and and that's that's not just a Dino thing. That's an every coach thing. Dino didn't play ignorant to that one. He didn't play ignorant to the Andre Cisco injury. So that leaves you a lot of cause for concern. Or Jawar Jordan. Or Jawar yeah. Jordan. That leaves you a right. lot of cause for concern about the, the timetable for those returns. And and Stephen Bailey pointing out that it's likely the end of the, the season for DeVito, given the, the nature of the injury. Yeah, I mean, it, it really couldn't have been a worse start to the season. When you lose your QB1, you lose your All-American safety they maybe I, I would say Cisco has played his last snap if he doesn't play this year for Syracuse. He's now gonna go to the NFL probably and we wish him. But like all what the best. what's if, his what's his motivation to come back? Right. There's no there, motivation. There is none. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like a a uh, Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard situation preparing for the NFL draft. Like Andre Cisco is a bona fide NFL draft prospect. Those guys are not getting drafted. Those other two running backs are not getting drafted. Andre Cisco, if he wanted to sit out this season, I would totally understand that. Okay? Yeah. Now, I wouldn't endorse it because it seems like a lot of execs are saying, all right, well, if you're not playing this year, that kind of shows a little bit about who you are. But, I mean, this is obviously a different case with the injury, and now you don't want to go back and maybe further said injury. They've had tons of injuries, and at very critical spots when you tack on Dakota Davis, Eric Coley, Tyrell Richards misses this game. Even Latari Kinsler and Ben LaBros are out, which could have been nice to have. I mean, at one point, Ty, they brought in Kevin Nizzuto. Am I saying his name right? Like, I I literally, I feel like I know a lot about Syracuse football. Obviously, we, we study this team a lot, and we research this team a lot. He came out, I was watching back the film and watching back the game, and I see number 37 in the secondary, I had to go to the Syracuse.com roster and try and figure out who this guy was. Like, we did a full defensive backs preview on this going into the season. We named everyone that could possibly play in our eyes and and what we thought. And Kevin DeZuto, a former walk-on, was not mentioned by us. And he's out there, and he misses a really bad tackle right out of the gate when he comes in. But that's how bleak it is, because when Carter got hurt for a little bit, it felt like there was always someone down on the ground and we were going to a commercial break, Syracuse injured player, timeout on the field, and it didn't really feel that way for Duke. It, it's just kind of like how the day went. I mean, the dome started leaking afterwards. Yeah. It was <laughs> the, really a... The full synopsis yeah. of everything. Right. And it, it's just so... Because it's the same thing week after week. And I, I still can't get over the fact that this team abandoned the run game so early against the worst rushing defense in the ACC. And and it's not like Sean Tucker wasn't running the ball well. Like, he's still average. I kind of over- disagree, though. I, I think, I mean, they had no chance of, the way the offensive line was playing, I didn't see any chance of getting the running game going. Like, the, the offensive line got exposed to me. And then it became all right, we're just going to chuck it downfield with DeVito, which I'm I'm kind of sick well, that, of these that'll the never third work. down plays. We, we've yeah. seen it, and I think he got a little chesty, that being Tommy DeVito after that first completion down the field to Taj Harris. It, it felt like, all right, Tommy Gunslinger, he, he's ready to, to whip the rock for, for 60 yeah. minutes today. And, I mean, aside from that one, because remember, Luke Benson, he had the 53-yard touchdown, but that was a screen play. And right. it, it's just... 
the accuracy isn't there on the deep ball and the intermediate stuff, the guys are dropping. <laughs> and if you're Dino Babers, you just sit there and say to yourself, like, what more can I do? And that's why I'm kind of surprised he didn't opt for more running plays because, I mean, Tucker still averaged over four yards of carry in this game, and I, I think he maybe could have done a little bit more if he was given more of a uh, of a chance to to run the ball. And if, if for no other reason, give your defense a little bit of a rest. Like, that that's yeah. where the time of Kill possession thing. If you can If you can chop, I mean, you should never be at a 40-20 split on the time of possession, but if you can chop that thing down to 35-25, 33 27 now you're giving yourself a chance especially i mean think about that they had the ball for 40 minutes and turned it over four times just let that sink in for a little bit those numbers don't add up and that's the the frustrating part is none of this game made sense and you just got your asses handed to you yeah i mean the turnover stuff makes it even more concerning because they're leading the country in turnovers forced and they couldn't be playing worse as a overall product as a football team right now. So for you, what are, I know this is pure speculation. I mean, it's a tough thing to guess, but do you think there's any chance DeVito transfers? Like was that the last time maybe we saw Tommy DeVito play for Syracuse? Uh, I don't, I don't think that's the conversation you have to have now. And I I don't want to put any of that pressure on him right now. I think, if you're Syracuse right now, you're you're gearing up towards all right. What are we doing at quarterback now? Because right. Rex came in, threw three passes, looked very unspectacular in them. I mean, the one the one comeback route, and people were tweeting at us about this. The, the comeback route that he threw, I think it was like his second pass. It was a, I believe it was a third down. I could be wrong on that, but I mean, he wasn't even close to the guy. He missed the guy by five yards. And it wasn't like he he missed it wide left. No, he spiked it like five yards short of the guy. So I, I don't know what the answer is at quarterback. I think you have to dig down the depth chart because I, I don't think the, the answer is number 17. Yeah, I think you start Dylan Markowitz against Liberty, honestly. I, I'm I, at that I don't point know which now. freshman you're picking because, I, it, frankly, the only people who know are the people that are in those practices. So I think Dino right. says, all right. This week is an open competition. You're all getting equal reps with the ones. Whoever impresses me the most, it's your job. So we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, it seems like Markowitz is third, just based on the fact that he is dressed for every game, including some road games. David Summers has not traveled, and I know he's a year older than him, and he's been in the program a little bit longer. It'll be interesting to see who is listed on the depth chart today. Yeah. That's a good point, for sure, um, because you, you'd think that they'll just roll out DeVito. I mean, they can't put him down the depth chart after the reports and what Dino said. It's basically a formality. And honestly, if DeVito is like, maybe can come back, you don't bring him back at this point because it's not like you're trying to save a season or you're trying to get to bowl eligibility or something. No. Like, if you're two like, and... Yeah. It, yeah, the season's two, shot. Two wins, three wins, who cares? I mean, at, and I know, like, Sure, I'd rather them win more games, but yeah, I, I think they, they made some changes on offense. I did the Luke Benson play call you brought up earlier. That was awesome. That That's what we need more of. And Dino says after the game, we need to get Luke Benson the ball. And we were kind of joking about it on our Twitter page, but like we've been calling for that, Dino. Luke Benson, when he gets the ball in space, he looks like one of the more talented guys on the field every single time. He's got this 
unreal speed at the tight end position. And it's like he should have been a four or a five star every time he touches the ball. It's always eye popping. Yet we can't get two offensive minds, meaning Babers and Gilbert, to find a way to get him the ball more. I guess it's partially because he's not that great of a blocker, and they went to Hackett a lot in this game as kind of like an up-back type blocker, which I did like. I I get the thought process on that one for sure. But, I mean, we got to find a way to get Luke Benson the ball more after seeing that play. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, and and you and I have talked about this, not to make comparisons, but... He, he's got that kind of like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle feel, that modern NFL tight end that's going to go out and make a play for you. And there's not a lot of guys his size and his speed. And when he gets great, I mean, he got phenomenal downfield blocking on that play too. It was a beautiful play call. You set everything up looking like it's going right. You flip it left. I think I saw the Seahawks run something very similar on, on Sunday Night Football last night too. And you just see the way that he creates that sort of space and He's got the speed. He can run over guys. He can run past guys. And that's a rare breed that you've got at tight end. And it's like you've got these guys on your roster. I mean, Taj, I think, does not get nearly enough credit for what he does after the catch. His yards after catch ability is among the best I have seen at this university. And then you throw that along with Luke Benson, another guy who can make plays for you when you get him the ball. Well, then why don't you set some things up? Why don't you run more screen plays and let these guys who are slippery who are bruisers with a football in their hands, let them make plays. That's what this team needs to do. I mean, the fact that Taj Harris, a guy who can create plays, I mean, you think about all the the deep balls that he's caught in his career, especially the ones from Tommy DeVito. And, and even you go last year to Clayton Welch too. Most of those passes are not very long in the air. A lot of them are Taj Harris making a play after the catch. Where are, are the shorter routes and just let him let him shake off a couple tacklers, get him going six, seven yards downfield, and then let him do the rest. Let him pick up the extra five, 10, 15 yards. Because guess what? That Those plays have worked. I mean, you look at them, six, this is being Taj, six receptions for 138 yards in this game. The He needs yeah. to have the ball in his hands, whether it's screens, whether it's shorter stuff, let him make plays. And that's that's kind of the thing right now that's frustrating is Dino Babers is not letting his guys make plays. It feels like they have sort of realized that this offense cannot sustain a drive. Like when you go back and look at the numbers offensively for this team, they're last in the country right now by a, a long shot at this point after what happened against Duke. To ta- I mean, they were last going in, so I don't think that would have changed. They don't get a lot of first downs. Really, the only time they score is the two times that they scored in this game where it's a big play. It's Luke Benson for 53 yards, or it's Taj Harris for 80 yards, or it's Rex Culpepper to Taj Harris. I mean, all of Tommy's touchdowns this year have been like 50-plus yards so far, and he probably should have had a couple others that were dropped that were shorter, but it almost feels like the play calling and what Sterling Gilbert's mindset is on it is I'm just going to send these receivers deep, and then in like the one in four times that DeVito does get a clean enough pocket to throw deep, we're going to trust that he can make a play, and we've got a better shot of scoring on that play twice a game than trying to do like curl routes because it's just not going to work. Like They're trying to get home run plays, I feel like, but sometimes it's yeah, a it's little like, aggravating. It's, it's Adam Dunn, all right? It's home run or strike out. <laughs> right. Like that, that's yeah. what this team's playing with right now. And and guess what? 
they're striking out a lot more than they're hitting home runs. And that's just how home run hitters kind of function. It's not a sustainable track record. You cannot just rely on these big fluky plays. Because, like, think about it. If you told an opposing defense, all right, the only way Syracuse is going to beat you is by winning these downfield long plays. Well, those downfield long plays are in reality 30-70 balls that are being thrown up in the air that are in favor right. of the of the defensive back. And I'm not saying that's a Syracuse-specific situation. That's just a football in general situation. If you told any defense that, okay, they're just going to attack you deep all game long, and you're probably feeling pretty good about that, like literally against any quarterback in the entire world except for like Patrick Mahomes. You're feeling really good. And guess what? Syracuse and, and really no one in college football, oh, maybe we'll throw Trevor Lawrence's name in there. No one is afraid of that strategy. No defense is afraid of that strategy. And especially with the, the arm talent that we've seen Syracuse put forth this year, you're definitely not afraid of that. Yeah. All right, before we get out of here, real quick, we can talk about this more later on in the week, but what would you make of the defense? How concerned are you after what you saw? I'm I'm concerned more because of the competition than the actual result. L- listen, the result is horrifying, absolutely horrifying. I mean, 363 yards on the ground should never happen, but you made a bunch of, of like guys that wouldn't be they, they would not be starting on Syracuse. I don't think the either of those guys, and you made them look like all Americans, and that's and now it's back to back weeks of that too, of just getting trampled on because of sloppy tackling. And you kind of hit this off the top too. There is zero pressure being generated up front. I mean, Josh Black, Kingsley Jonathan, McKinley Williams, all those guys need to start plugging holes. They need to start getting more at the point of attack. And the linebackers need to start wrapping up in that, that intermediate level too. So there's a lot of reasons to be concerned about this defense moving forward because guess what? There's going to be a game where the turnover faucet shuts off, where you're not generating these ball hawking plays, these big hits that are turning into fumbles. And can you imagine what this team would have done if they had one turnover instead of four? It's I mean it's scary to think about. Duke yeah. is scoring fifty points. Right. Yeah, and the thing is, these offenses are only going to get crisper and cleaner. And you could say the same thing about Syracuse, but part of the reason why we're getting so I don't many need, turnovers... I, I don't know if you can say that about Syracuse, because now they're going to go well, through a yeah. quarterback change. and yeah, I mean, they're in a rare situation, too, but... And the no, schedule gets tougher. The schedule gets Liberty. unbelievably tougher. I mean, Liberty is kind of your, your softy, and you're, you're entering the, the game as a home dog against a team that was in the FCS ranks, what was it, two years ago now? So... yeah. That's going to be something that, I mean, it shouldn't matter who you're throwing at quarterback. You should still be favored against Liberty at home. But alas, here we are. And on top of that, I mean, I don't know if you saw the new AP poll, but Syracuse, they've already played one of them. But three of their five opponents, or three of the top five teams in the AP top five are Syracuse opponents. You still have to play Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson just put a stamp on Miami. On the road, too. On the road. And then Notre Dame beat down on Florida State pretty good, too. So what's going to happen when they play Syracuse now? I mean, those games are going to be flat-out unwatchable. I mean, what kind of point spread are you setting for those games? Especially, I mean, Travis Etienne, he's licking his chops seeing that Syracuse game on the schedule. And especially the way that they've been allowing runners to go for 250, 300 yards on them these past couple weeks, 
it's going to be like what point spread are you setting at though because both of those games are on the road i'm pretty sure yeah 25 30 i mean i'm I mean, not even i think joking. north of 30 yeah. I'm, I'm literally serious i think they're both north of 30 yeah you're, you're probably right about that i mean when you're three point dogs to liberty they won't be favored the rest of the season at this point unless there's some unless- dylan markowitz comes in and he reignites this offense or there's a mega injury on the other side yeah right i don't know it's tough times but we'll we'll have plenty more time to talk about this week on the podcast i'm sure we'll get into more basketball's like a month away all right yeah basketball is (laughs) there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah we're gonna start talking more basketball on this podcast i think and you know we'll we'll always talk recruiting we'll keep you up to date on all that stuff i mean we sound like it's over. Obviously, like we're still going to be very engaged in all of these games. We'll be live tweeting them and everything. And I am curious to see what Dino does and some changes that hopefully he can make going forward the rest of the season. Because now it's kind of like, all right, Dino, let's let's prove that the doubters wrong. And you know, or you, how about you got this? a lot of let's work see what kind of coach today. you are too. Yeah, like are right. you it's, are you closer to the ten and three that you were, or are you closer to the four and eights that you've produced? Right. I mean, it's the elephant in the room is how hot is his seat? I'm not there yet, and I don't think there's a scenario where he's fired by the end of the year. I think but it's, if tough, they go to, one and it's nine, tough to cut him loose after a season where you lose your quarterback for sure and just eight or 2020. So games. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, so that's I agree with you there. If they go one and nine, though, like he's got a hot seat going into next year, and and we'll have time to to discuss Dino Babers' hot seat, I guess, going forward, but. Anyway, thanks for listening. As always, feel free to subscribe so you get every single one of our podcasts every morning when we drop it on the weekdays right to your preferred podcast feed. You can follow the show. It's on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Get all your updates for when we have the podcast out and just the latest Syracuse news as well. For Tyler, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday.